The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Coates, and I am so glad that you have joined in to listen to today's episode. We have a really great roundtable of licensed marriage and family therapists today on this episode, sharing their favorite insights about couples and some really great knowledge to share with you about working with couples and some great suggestions. So without further ado, let me introduce our roundtable. We have Jennifer Burroughs. Hello. Michael Garner. Hey. And Anthony Larry Cutie. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining. And I can't wait to get into all of this great knowledge and good stuff to share. So I'm going to start with Jen Burroughs. Going to turn it over to you. And if you would just take Take a minute and share some of your favorite insights. So some of my couples, I do begin to discover or figure out what their team aspect is in a marriage. For a lot of people, they are definitely at a tug of war. They're on either end of a rope and they often pull against each other versus working together and supporting each other. So I really focus on the team aspect within couples and even within families to kind of come together, support emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, um, kind of whatever they need. And we work on really building that inside and then I push for them to really explore that outside, what it looks like for them, how it looks in a daily activity type of thing, how it looks in a stressful situation or a complicated, not argument, but tiff that they might have. So I really work on that team aspect. And then I really work on encouraging couples to find that inner fun. We often forget that in our daily lives of just the rat race of work and families and all of that. And so I really encourage my couples to really go back to like, what is something fun that you can do? Go miniature golfing, go bowling, just the two of you or go like have a competition and go go karting or something like that to bring that fun and that real gut laughter back into the marriage so that that team aspect also feels part of that because it's a fun experience and we can start building upon that so that's kind of where I'll start among other little things but that's a big focus within my sessions I loved what you just said there about getting back to fun Mm -hmm. and you know when couples get together and start dating early on hopefully they're having lots of fun otherwise they probably don't continue in the relationship and just you get many years in things get comfortable and Mm -hmm. maybe blase and then you add kids to the mix and now your focus is totally off the couple Mm -hmm. and you lose the fun right and so I love that like that's just a great tip right there Mm -hmm. go have fun together Mm -hmm. again again and bring that fun back in because when we start doing that we kind of loosen our guard up a little bit we are not then on a tug of war team we're on an actual team and we're pulling against the world essentially so it's making sure that we're flowing together versus again each other and sometimes when we can just have fun that helps with that team aspect I love that the term I use with the couples I work with is that connecting part Mm -hmm. again just getting back to having fun relaxing especially with those who are in high conflict I say sometimes we need to pause the conflict for a moment let's step back trust me we're gonna get to it let's step back let's just go relax and have fun realize you're on the same team Mm -hmm. and then hopefully we can bring that momentum back into Mm -hmm. dealing with the conflict okay, now we're going to focus on finding a solution instead of fighting at each other. We're fighting Mm -hmm. and leaning towards each other. Definitely. Yeah. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. I've heard the statement in couples therapy, your spouse or partner is not your enemy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And if we can connect emotionally, physically, every yes. other piece, then we're not going to be the enemy of each other. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And on top of that, it's like I always talk with couples about when you're working together as a team, Think of it as like starting a fire together, because mm-hmm. especially if you're looking for that passion again, you gotta think about it as building a fire. To keep the fire going, you gotta make sure you keep maintaining it, add fuel to the fire, keep mm-hmm. it going, doing all those things that we're talking about. Whether it's having fun, getting back to the, those things that it used to make the couple just relax, enjoy each other's company. I mean, really at the end of the day, yeah, it's important for them to feel like they're a team and not enemies, because mm-hmm. that's what can happen over time when issues occur. Mm-hmm. Great, so I love that. Team, connection, you're not each other's enemy. That's that's really good advice. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Circling the table over to Anthony. Anthony, what kind of insights do you have to share? On top of the topic of conversation, when we're talking about teams and having two partners be on the same team and feeling like they're on the same team, I always talk to my couples about this phrase, the problem isn't the problem, the feeling is the focus. I've heard it before being said, the problem isn't the problem, the feeling is the problem. But I don't want people to think that, oh, your feelings are a problem. That's Mm -hmm. not quite what I'm talking about. I think what I'm talking about is the focus of conversation needs to be not about you said this and I said that or you did this and I did that you're wrong and I'm right it's not about being wrong or right anymore it's about this is how I'm feeling about this and this is how you're feeling about this and we need to hear each other out in terms of how we feel about it because at the end of the day feelings aren't right or wrong they just are mm-hmm. they're they're real they're experienced and you, you can't take it back you can't mm-hmm. just say no that's not right because it's being experienced. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got to put the focus on the feeling to drive home those kinds of conversations and make it a different outcome. Because when it's just about being right or wrong, it never ends well. Mm-hmm. People just get left unresolved or just like, whatever, fine. Let's just do what we can to move on and forget about it. But you don't really forget about it. And it's just going to come back. The same cycle, same form, just maybe in different topics of conversation. Mm-hmm. But the feelings are just, just as much there as they were before. So I always say, problem isn't the problem. Feeling is the focus. Mm-hmm. So if a couple is listening today, how could they use that in their own conversation, maybe at home or outside of a therapy room? How could they focus on the feeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. And I would always say, like, start with I feel statements. Don't don't do the same thing or say the same thing you would always say, which are typically you statements or like blaming statements. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, hey, if anything needs to come out of your mouth, it's I feel mm-hmm. and whatever the feeling word is, whether it's frustrated, annoyed, scared. Those are the kinds of things that when someone could say that, the other person hopefully will take it as, oh, okay, that's mm-hmm. di- that's different. Mm-hmm. I don't want this person to feel that way. So if you're telling me you feel that way and I don't want you to feel that way, well, let's hopefully let's try to work together from there mm-hmm. to drive home this conversation. I really work on couples taking out the you, your out of their language. So I yeah. really strive on that a lot. And I'll, I will call them out and session just so because you don't know you're even saying it Mm. until someone points it out so I really try to be like nope let's not take the you how can you replace an I with that and I yeah I really work on that because that's huge which could be hard because we're so used to being in that habit of going directly into the blame Mm -hmm. and when we're focusing on 
the other person as the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way to get rid of that problem is get rid of the spouse. And well, frankly, ah. there goes the relationship. Right. So that's why we got to walk away from those attacking you statements mm-hmm. and back away from that. Working with guys in particular within this is guys are notorious. We hate dealing with emotions. Mm-hmm. We don't yes. get it. Yeah. We don't understand <laughs> it. The guys typically, their range of emotions are good, fine, and okay. <laughs> so let's pri- try to you know broaden that uh, vocabulary <laughs> and actually look at some underlying issues. So, so to help with guys in particular identify the emotion, I ask them really two questions. The one question dealing with the emotion is why. In other words, when this is going on, when your spouse is doing this that you don't really like, why is that a big deal for you? That clues you into the emotions. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Such as one was like, well, she's always on her phone. Okay. Again, the phone's probably not the problem. (laughs) Why is that a big deal for you? Well, when she's always on her phone, I feel left out. Oh, bingo. Mm -hmm. Now we're starting to get to some of the emotion stuff. Gets deeper. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's what we're going to focus on is let's try to identify the emotional component as well as dealing with at the end of the day. Yeah, the problem has to be looked at. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to continue the cycle. But we've got to actually look at both mm-hmm. aspects of both the content of what the argument is over mm-hmm. and the real issue, probably not that surface level phone issue, for example, as well as that emotional component. One way I describe it with some couples is imagine you guys are on polar opposites of like the Grand Canyon. There's no way across. The only way across is really that emotional component. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you only talk about the problem, well, I need you to do dishes. I don't want to do dishes. But I asked you to. I don't care. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And you're at a gridlock, literally at Mm -hmm. a gridlock. That's why you got to add in that emotional component. I'm exhausted. I could really use some help Mm -hmm. with the dishes. If you can do that, that'll take a load off of me right now. And then I can help you with something else. Bingo. All of a sudden, you've got more of a dialogue at that point because you brought in that emotional component the extra communication exactly. i say over communicate first until we get the the actual foundation in place mm-hmm. and then you can go back a little bit yeah exactly so the two questions as i was uh, referring to this is kind of my insight is asking the what and the why anytime there's an issue and there's a conflict mm-hmm. the what is what's the big deal Again, the problem is probably not the problem. What's really going on underneath that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not him or her always on their phone. It's something underneath that, such as, you know, I want to spend more time with this person. I feel like we're not around each other a lot. I feel like we're always uh, fighting against each other, mm-hmm. and this allows us to get to what I call the core issue. Mm-hmm. That's what's dealt with, mm-hmm. not that surfacey problem. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you've got to add in that emotional Mm-hmm. component and that's what bridges that gap between the two very polarizing mm-hmm. issues and yeah. perspectives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the end of the day that's what it goes back to when we go to directions like that it makes the, the couple feel like a team again because mm-hmm. all that stuff the use statements mm-hmm. the talking about the minor problems whether it's like not doing the dishes or doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing those are the things that make the couple feel like the individuals feel like they're enemies mm-hmm. if they keep doing that they're going to keep feeling like they're enemies and it's going to drive a wedge and it's going to break them apart Mm -hmm. but if we go at it from those angles it'll make them feel like teammates again right exactly yeah we were able to isolate the intensity of the emotions Mm -hmm. because that's it's a very real thing and sometimes we actually need to pause the conversation let's both agree to 
step away. Maybe it's, I'm going to go take a deep breath. She's going to go take a deep breath and then come back at it. Sometimes just like, we're going to table this for a couple of days. We need to get back to the us factor and go have fun, family game night, pull out a puzzle, Netflix and chill kind of night Mm -hmm. and do something enjoyable. And then we'll get back to, all right, now what's really Mm -hmm. going on here? identifying the core issue and adding that emotional component Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. feeling safe vulnerable like have that vulnerability to feel safe enough to say those things right exactly so that's huge too is making sure that that environment feels safe with each other so you can be vulnerable to have said emotions Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that because mm-hmm. that happens a lot in mm-hmm. sessions with couples. It's like one person, let's say like the guy, for example, it may be hard to already identify emotions or to talk about emotions, but it's also another thing if they don't feel safe enough mm-hmm. to even talk about it. So now you got another existing issue on top of that in terms of communication. So if, if all they need is just to feel safe to talk about something, mm-hmm. that'll really help the couple a lot mm-hmm. to drive things home. I've literally th- can think of a few couples I've worked with who I've had to bring up like emotional safety as a factor mm-hmm. to working communicationally. Mm-hmm. Describe for the average guy what this means emotional safety. Because again, guys are not great at understanding the complexities of emotions. So speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, it's a great topic. You know, a lot of times when people hear safety, they're like, whoa, well, hold up. I'm not. There's no destruction here. I'm not a crook, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not abusive. Like, let me, let me, right? let's take a step back here and let me describe that it's about like when you have a feeling of wanting to talk about something, but that other person, you're anticipating that the other person's not going to take what you say well. They're going to make you feel bad or worse just for bringing something up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I mean about the lack of emotional safety. Mm-hmm. We all want to feel safe. We all want to feel at peace when we're speaking our, our minds or just, just being in general, just being people. And the way we can do that is by trusting in that other individual to be receptive to what we have Mm -hmm. to say and to act or to speak in a way that's going to feel receptive Mm -hmm. and so it goes back to the other person's like wow i feel so much better that this person not only was i able to say this thing that's vulnerable but this person can really accept my vulnerability and that's what i think of as emotional safety yeah guys struggle with that v word vulnerability it could be a scary, scary thing. That's why mm-hmm. we often only use that language. Oh, I'm good. And I encourage them. I said, let's reward that. Maybe it's, I want to be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it you're currently feeling at the moment? All right. Probably I'm stressed, but don't worry. I'm going to be okay. Great. That's at least a better way to reward. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. <laughs> I often hand people, guys, girls, whoever, my feeling wheel. Yep. They learn to hate it, but they <laughs> love it in the end. And I go over that with them. And I also do the anger iceberg, but I'll throw in other emotions that they might use all the time. I'm stressed. Well, let's uncover that stress. Mm-hmm. And I all, all I will work through that with a couple so that both of them get that knowledge as well. And they also can understand each other if they are having a discussion outside of the session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I encourage and I make photocopies if they want some of that, that feeling wheel. Just pick a few. It's cool. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I, that feeling wheel is becoming my best friend these I days. It. I share that way more often than not, but it's just so helpful because mm-hmm. it was helpful to me, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to share that with others because mm-hmm. that'll definitely break away from that I'm fine verbal expression. Because I always tell people too, like, fine is not a feeling; it's mm-hmm. an acronym. Feelings I never <laughs> express. <Right. laughs> I, I like love that. that. So I'm stealing that. that. Yeah, do it. Awesome. Anyone just drive that home because I I learned it when I first working with teens about it, you know, because yeah. teens have a hard time expressing emotions. And so when they always say fine, I'm like, 
let's try again. That's not a feeling. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah. Well, these have been really great suggestions and insights. Anybody want to build a little bit more on what they shared or maybe something else came up just now as we were talking about feelings and enemies and all that good stuff? I think kind of build on what Anthony said here is this idea of emotions very hard for guys. Mm-hmm. The problem is what's happening to our women counterparts is when we only say we're good, we're fine or okay, the women often feel like, well, then I must be the problem. Mm -hmm. Or I'm dismissed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, she's carrying the weight of everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's why what happens more often than not is a guy goes on in his merry way in the relationship and is completely surprised. What are you talking about? We're in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. she's been carrying all this weight for all this time. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so astronomically important to get on the same page is to identify whatever it is emotion you've got going mm-hmm. on. Let's go ahead and get that out on the table. Let's deal with the core issue and move forward. So instead of saying, I'm fine, it's okay to say, I'm a little stressed right now with mm-hmm. what's going on with work, but we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a whole lot better. Now, all of a sudden, the wife doesn't have to feel like everything's her fault. Right. And then when he does say something, can she hold that emotion for him, too? And learning the back and forth with holding each other's emotions through that. So, again, it feels safe. They can be vulnerable if they're talking about intimate topics or not. Just all around, can we hold each other's feelings and Mm -hmm. be okay in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the guys, it's you don't have to fix the problem. Yes. I say that all the time. Just shut up and listen. Be. (laughs) Just be next to her. Yes. Ask her if she wants wants you to put your arm around or ask her if she wants answers just ask extra communicate Mm -hmm. because once those feelings are out in the open and and validated we'll we'll get to the problem solving (laughs) you know all that's going to be cake as soon as you can just take care of those those feelings that have been experienced in the moment which is a really good point because again i'm speaking a lot towards the guy's perspective but at the end of the day the guys don't really care about the emotions a whole lot but in order to get to solving the problem, which we want, mm-hmm. we've got to get that emotional component dealt with first. Then solving the problem, like you said, it's a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. And it's right. so much easier because you're on the same team. You guys are friends. You guys are partners. And together, you're both coming up with solutions that are mutually beneficial to all parties mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if I'm not listening to her emotional state, any and all attempt I'm offering to solve the problem Ultima is only benefiting me because I don't really know where she's coming from. Right. Because I've not shut up and listened to where she's at. <laughs> Which then doesn't feel like caring. Exactly. Mm-hmm. L- let's talk about <laughs> listening for a minute because there are lots of active listening skills that we teach in our therapy sessions. A listener might be saying or an audience member might be saying to themselves, I listen, but what does that really look like? Who wants to share about a good active listening? I jump back to those questions, the what and the why. So when it comes to communicating, if you're the speaker Try to communicate the what, what is the core issue, and the why. Why is this a big deal for you, a.k.a. the emotional component? And then on the receiving end, let's say they're not. Let's say someone's just venting, they're ranting, and they're raving. Still listen for those two things. If you can identify, okay, what's really going on? Why is he really upset? Why is she really upset? And you can identify those two things and then spit that back out. So I'm hearing you say you're really frustrated because when I come home, I haven't really said hello to anybody and I put my bag down and I go turn on the TV and that makes you feel completely alone. Boom. All of a sudden she's no longer as angry. She's like, ah, he gets it. Mm -hmm. And then like we said at that point, it's pretty easy to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. 
So listen for the what and the why is the two things I really push. And I like the I hear. I push to say I hear because that makes the person feel heard. Regardless if they're still figuring out the what or why, they can ask follow-up questions that they really aren't understanding. But at least if they're saying, I hear you say this, is this right or am I in the realm? Did I Mm -hmm. get the problem? Did I figure it out? Or do I still not understand? But the I hear also kind of brings down the guard, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And just to speak on that, too, the the inquiry piece as well, not just saying I hear that, Mm -hmm. because that's going to be important, but also to follow up by saying, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Am I right that I'm hearing this from you? Mm -hmm. And that gives the other person the floor to be like, okay, they really care about wanting to make sure that we're on the same page. If that person's hearing it correctly, then yeah, yeah, we're on, yeah, we're good. But if we're not, let me let me explain to you what I really mean when I'm telling you this. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then going through that process again, like the what and the why and the reflection and then the inquiry. I think the inquiry piece is so important mm-hmm. because that takes the person away from assuming mm-hmm. and more of like what they're really trying to take in. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions questions mm-hmm. and of course then I go into it make sure you're asking the right questions we're not leading asking leading questions it that's not okay in the court system it's definitely not okay <laughs> at home no. uh, so asking those open-ended questions can you help understand kind of what's so difficult about this or can you help me understand a little bit more about this perspective you really seem to be upset or I'm not really sure what's going on right now can you speak to that a little bit more mm-hmm. and that's the difference between open-mindedness and closed-mindedness mm-hmm. you can tell if someone's closed off they're not going to even care to ask those questions or to even mm-hmm. try to listen that's very important yeah and stop assuming the other person's emotional state yes Oof, assumptions are horrible yeah. well you are angry Yes. You're feeling anxious. How do you know what I'm Exactly. (laughs) I can only speak to what I'm experiencing. Now, the behaviors may come across as that, but that's where you can identify, I'm hearing the tone really increase. Mm -hmm. Can you help me understand what you're feeling? Right. Now, all of a sudden, we can actually explore, yes, I'm feeling anxious. That's why my tone Mm -hmm. is increased. That's why I'm getting more intense. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many emotions underneath anger. I mean, anger is just one of the easiest feelings to express mm-hmm. out loud it's, it's just comfortable it's yeah. comfortable right mm-hmm. exactly it's it's what i call a secondary emotion if we can identify what's that thing that led up to it the example i always give is let i've got kids uh, at home let's say they're outside in the front yard they're playing ball the ball rolls into the street i see a car coming my kids darting in the street what am i going to do probably same as any other parent i'm going to holler mm-hmm. the kid's name And the kid is convinced I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Am I really angry? No, I'm probably freaked out. Mm -hmm. I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. My kid's going to get hit. Mm -hmm. So the underlying emotion there in that case is fear. Mm -hmm. But what comes out is the anger. That's Mm -hmm. why we can't assume. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. When I do the anger iceberg, I'll draw it on my whiteboard, right? Mm -hmm. I love my whiteboard. (laughs) But I'll make like waves. And it's like there's feelings in the waves below the iceberg. So now we got to kind of melt that iceberg into the water so it becomes the waves with all or the ocean or whatever with all the other feelings so that we can start to identify each of them. Wow. It's the water. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that one too. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of takeaways for us all. <laughs> you MFTs in your whiteboards. I see them in your offices. I love my whiteboard. I love I know my whiteboard. You <laughs> You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, and we've been having a roundtable discussion with several of our licensed marriage and family therapists in 
the 180 Counseling Offices. Jen Burroughs practices in the Raleigh location. Michael Garner is in the Garner, Johnston County location. And Anthony Larry Cutie is in our Cary location, soon to be moving over to our newest Cary office on Harrison Avenue. So thanks for taking time and listening today. And if you want to reach out to any of our marriage and family therapists practice-wide, you can find us at 1-80counseling.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.